You're listening to Revolutionary Mystic, a subversive spirituality podcast where witches of color are disrupting, dismantling, and decolonizing mainstream spirituality with intersectional feminism, ancestral magic, and revolutionary thought. One unapologetic, real talk conversation at a time. Featuring your host, international psychic medium, hoodoo root worker, and astrologer, Megan Alexandria. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Revolutionary Mystic Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Alexandria, and today I have the privilege and honor of chatting with the amazing, awesome Dr. Jennifer Mullen. Um, you might know her on from Instagram. That's where I found her. And if you don't know of her yet, you should look her up. Um, you can find her at Decolonizing Therapy. Hello, Dr. Jennifer Mullen. <laughs> Hello, thank you for having me, Megan. Thank you so much. And hi, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> thank you for being here. Um, I am like so thrilled. I've been looking forward to uh, getting to chat with you, uh, like, geez, since I asked you. And I remember uh, when I was creating my list of like folks that I wanted to talk to, it was like immediate. I was like, I would love, 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 love to talk to you because Aww. your page provides so much for, I don't know, the, the word that's coming to mind is medicine. Mm. Um, and I know that there are probably plenty of other folks that feel like me and I want as many folks um, as possible to know that your medicine is out there, it's available, and that they should check it out. So thank you. That really means a lot. Thank you so much. Yeah. Can you tell us about who you are, your identities, your pronouns, and what it is that you do? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, my pronouns are she, her, and hers, but I'm also really happy with they, them, theirs. Mm -hmm. um, I identify, I'm a Black uh, Latinx, I'm a Black Latina. Um, my mother is from Panama, um, indigenous and African roots um, as a Panamanian woman. Um, and my dad is, is white, he's Irish and Italian. Um, he grew up in the inner city, so all of that comes with me. I have uh, a lot of ancestry, uh, very, very rooted um, in the building of the Panama Canal. So a lot of my ancestors were um, taken, uh, kidnapped from various parts of, you know, uh, West Africa um, and Northern Africa, actually, to help build the canal and then either died doing that or settled there or move forward into the United States. Um, I'm also queer identified, I identify as fluid. Um, and I am, I, I know that I, I always say this and people kind of look at me and I'm like, and I really truly believe that I am like, you know, we are a living, loving light. Um, mm -hmm. I'm very connected to my spirituality as well. I identify mm -hmm. as a, uh, spiritualista, uh, mm -hmm. but a lot of my work also melds in various <laughs> places and spaces. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up in the inner city of uh, Jersey City, New Jersey, um, 
we kind of look over at New York City, <laughs> where we're like really, really close. Um, and I grew up also in the Brooklyn area. That's where my uh, grandparents migrated to when they came to this country. Um, and yeah, I lived in Jersey a great, great chunk of my life. I lived in New York City, New York, Queens. Um, and then I moved to California, the Bay Area, for about three, four years for grad school. And then regrettably moved back because I really do miss the Bay Area or the way that it used to be anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hella gentrified now, but back then I really loved it. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, and yeah, like I'm back here and I work right now at a university in New Jersey. Um, I work at a university counseling center. That's like kind of my day job, but really my labor of love and um, the melding together, the threading, the courting of various areas of my life um, has been in decolonizing therapy. Uh, the roots in decolonizing therapy come from a lot of my organizing background. I did a lot of, and I do, but not as much as probably I used to. I think now this stage is leading me into more back into my writing and the art and the creativity and bringing therapy into the work. Mm-hmm. But, my, but my activism um, and grassroots organizing has been long time coming (laughs) i've been doing it for a really long time so um yeah i think it is like this mix i'm bringing my hands together right now (laughs) between between, uh politicizing therapy um Mm -hmm. not, not just seeing you know decolonizing as a metaphor but also seeing it as like politicizing our understanding of trauma politicizing our therapeutic relationship uh politicizing and understanding um oppression across the board and connecting that with spiritual ways and ancestral intergenerational ways of knowing and then also um a deep sense of like community and collectivism so that's a little bit that's a little baby bit about me (laughs) i love it i love it and it makes so much sense to me uh now that i'm hearing it but to know that you have um like you said a deep connection to spirit and that you know you're working your own, uh, you know, essence of magic into your work as well uh, makes total sense to me because <laughs> your your work is in decolonizing. So of course, of course, you're you know bringing your indigenous wisdom into your work, and that's just <laughs> I'm like smiling yeah. over here. I'm like yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, right. Because like we're undoing and like mm-hmm. unfucking all these different areas. Yeah our lives and like I grew up hella like Catholic mm-hmm. um you know my mama was like really really Catholic my grandma they'd be like you're going to CCD class and you're doing this and you have to do and I'd be like why do I have to kneel and tell this man my sins like why <laughs> like yeah no shade to anybody out there who's Catholic you know just I'm just a recovering Catholic that's all you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then meanwhile my like abuelita my mom and my tia they would be like would be like hustling up into like Brooklyn and like oh we're going to so-and-so's house and I'd like why oh well you know we're gonna read the soup but like they would say it in Spanish but it's like in other words like we would get this like reading from this soup that this woman would cook and but I'm like wait a minute is that is that what Jesus Christ would do is that what like (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome yeah I love that uh so I, you know, I teach hoodoo and uh, in in the classes that I teach, one of the things that I do with all of my new students is I ask them to connect um, their ancestral lineage and and the practices and the folk ways of their people. Um, And a lot of folks are like, what do you mean? And 
And what's really cool is through this exercise I give them, they find stuff like what you just said. And that's what I've actually never heard of this for. <laughs> um, you know, reading the soup is freaking awesome. It reminds me of, um, what is that? Like the Turkish coffee grounds. Yeah. 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 And, and tea leaves and, and things like that. So that's really cool. What kind of soup was it? You know, I was so little. All I know is that it was like, it, I'm not even lying. It was a cauldron. Like it really was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a massive cauldron. And I remember that um, I would be given something else separate. Like I would sit at a little table next to them, mm-hmm. but I wasn't allowed to sit at the, you know, the big people table. Yep. And um, she would like ladle some, pour some of it in and they each had to take a tiny sip and then she would look and then they would start talking and it was just like, it was very interesting. And it usually was around money, men, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, all of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of it. But I just remember and I asked my mom now and she's like, really? You remember that? But she won't like answer direct questions. Of and course. I'm, and I'm like, Ma, that's so much shade. How are you going to be like, are you going to lie? Oh, man, I can relate to that so much to the, um, the Mexican part of my family like, cause they were, uh, like they go to the, like the Roman Catholic church. So like mm-hmm. not even just like regular, I think of it like, that's like hardcore Catholic. Wow. Um, and yet <laughs> I grew up with a lot of like similar folk ways, like you're speaking of, you know, um, mm-hmm. lots of quote unquote superstition, um, you know, lots yeah. of, uh, what was it like omens you know like when the broom hits the ground or the knife drops off the table like they everything has a different meaning and there's like an altar in my great-grandmother's room you know and I was just thinking like I'm like nobody else Catholic I know has things like this like this yeah. is interesting and weird but she has the same response and I wonder if that's just like a cultural like commonality where it's like whenever I ask her like a direct question, like for as long as I can remember, she always like jokes about what kind of like allude to uh, her witchiness. Uh, but she won't out and out say, you know, this is, this is what I do. And this is what I am. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and I think, I think, you know, thanks for sharing that because I think that's so real and it reminds me of all the ways and I, I know I'm like preaching to like the choir <laughs> but you know all the ways in which like we have to continue to like keep coming out and undoing and decolonizing and and looking at our roots because there's so much anti you know blackness and anti-indigenousness right and like in so much of like the church connection and in the ways that we have to just like no 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 keep it keep it proper keep it mm-hmm. rim mm-hmm. you know you wear a dress or you put a mantle on your head or you do this or you do that but no 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 that other stuff is dark is raw is quote-unquote bad and yep. I feel like thank goodness like my mom has decided to grow with me if that makes thank sense you. yeah um so she's always saying, I'm learning from you so much. And it's a very humbling place to be. But there's times where I have to explain to her, no, Ma, like this is, this is what shamanism means. It's not this. And this is not bad. And this is not good. And this just is. So I feel like when we can, if we have the privilege to do that, or if we still have our parents around, or if we want to continue to foster that connection, because sometimes we need to cut it off. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it is important to try to like, 
educate you know mm-hmm. people so they realize like no you were doing that too like mm-hmm. you're like they're just like a lot ingrained into you you were like socialized to believe that that was bad or scary. yeah and like how healing to realize that not all of our magic was stolen from us and yes. that it was more or less just kind of hidden in plain sight the whole time you know absolutely i love how you said that <laughs> yeah you know, it's like, a, it's, I don't know about you, but I, when I think of decolonizing, um, I think a lot of things, but one of the things that I think of is that it's a remembering on a, on a soul level, on a cellular level, on an intergenerational level, you know? Yes. Um, and so, I, and also, like you said, what a privilege that, that you and I get to be, I guess, <laughs> out of the broom closet, so to speak, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I hope, and I can imagine that our ancestors like rejoice in that, just, you know, that even being a thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because I, I mean, I think this is a good podcast to talk about this, but yeah. you, know, uh, you know, like I, I grew up with very, you know, how do I say this? So I'm going to say it. I grew up with, you know, my mom and other people in my family telling me like, no, 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 you don't say that. You can't say that out loud. It's okay if you know it, but write it in your journal, but don't say that out loud. And mm-hmm. I would like know things, you know, like, and I think some of that I wish to, I remember wishing a lot of it away at a, at a young age, like, yeah. like putting my hands over my ears because I got in trouble so much around it and closing my eyes and like, I wish I wasn't like this. And I wish I didn't, I would walk into a room and be like, what happened? What did you do to her? What? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like, what are you talking about? How do you know that? Like, I, I just like, it was on a hundred. It was on like, like turned all the way up. And I remember minimizing it. And then I would have what I thought were dreams. Mm-hmm. And I believe I've come to see are now more like my past lives. Some of the past lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were very, very vivid. It would be the same dreams or the same images popping up, except I wasn't always sleeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they would just keep popping up. And, and it, it was usually around uh, being, you know, literally, and I'm not just saying this, like I could have told you this 10 years ago before everybody was up on Instagram talking about this shit. Because like, yeah, yeah. You know, like literally it was either about being like bound up and being in like a mental institution and being abused or uh, being burned at the stake or, yeah. you know, I would wake up like sweating, like ma screaming, you know, and my father would be like, just like, shut her up. Like she yeah. started screaming and crying. And it was like, I just felt everything so deeply. So I know a lot of people nowadays are like, Oh, Instagram just makes everybody sound like an empath. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that's true. I think that there's some people, sure, there's there's folks out there that are not keeping it 100 and not the real deal. But also I think how beautiful that so many of us are able to be seen and heard in ways that we were not as children. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I love that um, I'm hearing, you know, um, a therapist (laughs) acknowledge all of these things. Uh, Uh, just speaking as uh, what I refer to as a psychic kid, you know, um, growing up, there's like this whole, I don't know, like avenue of trauma that kids like us experience that may or may not even get a chance to be addressed in therapy settings, uh, you know, depending, depending on your therapist and, 
you know, things of that nature. And um, Mm -hmm. it would be really cool for there to be more folks like you that know and perhaps have even like lived that experience of, you know, I was experiencing all of these things uh, that you the colonial world, quote unquote, don't exist or aren't real, or if it is real, it's evil or bad. And so therefore I was too. And, you know, cause I experienced a lot of the same, like wanting to shut it out. Um, I actually was just really terrified of it all when I was little. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, having to go back and I think it was like my, yeah, I was like my early twenties. Um, where I decided, you know, I was like, well, there must be something to this. And so uh, just kind of like healing all of that stuff and being like, all right, well, I'm going to stop running from this quote unquote gift or whatever it is that I have. And maybe it's there for a reason and like digging deeper and um, just in doing all of that and meeting other people, I'm realizing a lot of us have, um, you know, traumatic experiences growing up um, gifted and in a colonial setting is pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's so real. And, and, you know, as you're talking, like all these little light bulbs are going off and I'm just sort of like, yeah, it, you know, right? Again, like being around and talking to people that can identify there's something so healing with that, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I agree. I mean, I, to keep it 100, I mean, I only started really talking about it and it was very tentatively and it was talking in the past tense or <laughs> look my throat my like <laughs> and I'm coughing it up because like my throat is like are you sure you want to say this <laughs> or you want to say this my throat chakra hold on I'm going to take a sip of tea yeah absolutely I the same thing happens to me that's so funny <laughs> I'm like oh so only with my, my therapist who I've you know, been seeing for the last 10 years and so, and she's, I didn't know at the time that I picked someone that was so fucking spiritual. That was so, she ended up being like a spiritual mom or older sister to me and still is. And our relationship, we're just constantly weaving it and, and, and growing it. And she's so brilliant. Um, so shout out to Dr. Chacon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, she, you know, I remember she asked me a question and I was talking about the past and I was like, well, I had a dream. And, da, da, da. and she was like, oh, okay, but you're talking about it as though it's not a dream. And I was like, ah, because right in psychology, I'm trained as a clinical psychologist, right? Like right. I was told very, very clearly that, you know, when people start talking about things that are not there and they see A, B, C, and D, well, that's a hallucination or that's a delusion. Or right. this, is a, this is auditory hallucination. And this is, so I knew that I had to tread carefully. There was no way I was going to go up in there like, oh, blah, 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 because I didn't know how she would respond. But for many years, I was bullied and like tortured mm-hmm. by a really dark little child spirit. <laughs> you, you know growing up as a kid and I hated sleeping I know a lot of people are like I love taking naps well <laughs> not me either I'm yeah. with you <laughs> really oh, okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I like my husband my my roommate they would both tell you like I am not a napper and um I totally do the classic uh psychic medium sleeping thing where I like cover my head 
Um, and the having limbs outside of the blankets, not really an option. If it's dangling over the edge of the bed, there are absolutely monsters that can grab you. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not joking. Like I'm being kind of silly, but like for real, for real, um, sleeping. And I'm aware that it stems from this very specific childhood trauma, you know, um, but it's an interesting space to walk knowing that like, yes, the monsters more or less are kind of real. <laughs> and those are like things that are valid to be afraid of. Yeah. And, um, you know, whatever coping strategies or uh, protection mechanisms you have are completely valid too. But yeah, like same, same. I'm not real big on naps um, and sleeping is kind of like a sensitive <laughs> space for me yeah yeah thank you for being real about that because I think that a lot of us um kind of like don't talk about it you know that <laughs> you know like why sleep can feel so scary um and then I also think about you know ancestrally um a lot of times when I'm doing some of the rage inner child work with folks what I notice is that people that um, are very, very busy and frequently move to the rage stance of like distraction a lot mm -hmm. and devotion and devoting themselves to a cause. They're just like busy, 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 busy. And it's a way to avoid slowing down. Yep. It's a way to avoid like the feeling and maybe some of the traumatic stuff that came up that comes up with it. Um, as well as I'm thinking of all the ways in which so many of our peoples um, were forced to constantly be on the move yeah. or right? Toil in fields or take care of other people's children. And, and I just feel in so many ways that capitalism still produces that fatigue. You know, I'm always mm -hmm. calling, talking about capitalism fatigue because I just feel like half of the time, most of us cannot have a difficult time stepping into what it is we love doing mm -hmm. um, because we're worried about paying bills and that's real. Yeah, it's hella real. Yeah. It's hella, hella real. And you're absolutely right. I wonder if you feel this way too, but uh, because I'm one of those busy bodies and I am like, I work, geez, <laughs> like <Yeah>. I wake <laughs> from the second I wake up, like I'm one of those people, this is a bad habit, don't do it. But <laughs> like, I wake up, I pick up my phone and I'm, I'm working in bed before I even get out of bed. Mm. Um, and then like all the way until it's time to go to bed. I'm laying in bed working before I tuck the phone under my pillow, which is also not a good habit mm -hmm. um, for multiple reasons because yeah. of, you know, you and I, before we were recording, we we're talking about how we both have a Capricorn moon yes. and, um, yes. you know, shout out to my other Capricorn moons or folks that have, you know, <laughs> Capricorn uh, placements that are, you know, prominent in their charts, uh, you know, we like to burn the candle at both ends. And it's absolutely something uh, inherited. I, when you were speaking just now, I was seeing for the first time, like visually, um, I was seeing how I am always doing, 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 uh, much in the same way like my grandmother is always doing, doing, and like my great grandmother. And when, when I'm in the presence of my great grandmother, I'm like, I just want her to sit down, you know? Right. right. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, let me do that. Like you just rest. You just, you know, like, let's just sit and talk, you know, that type of thing. Um, and it definitely comes from that place. Like you're talking about where, you know, rest was, um, you know, something that was, 
kind of taken from us, I suppose, you know, um, even all the way back to like slavery, like our time wasn't our own. And then quote unquote, when we were freed, (laughs) we'll use that term loosely. Yes. uh, We entered capitalism as free people and to me that's not free at all but (laughs) it's just a different kind of slavery and so I I know what you mean when you say like it's it's rest or get the bills paid or you know so I feel you and that's so real I I feel the same way about my mother um she's always like going, going, going. Um, I hear like when I have, let's say, friends over, people I care about, and let's say I'm serving them some nourishment, some food. They're like, "Please, we're waiting for you to sit down." And I'm like, "Oh, well." And I remember saying that to my mother, and all of us being like, "Ma, sit down! Like, mm-hmm. just sit down! Mm-hmm. Oh, you eat, you eat, you eat it." And and I'm really trying to shift that narrative. Yeah, um, I'm really trying to shift that narrative, and. Um, Wow, and I hear, I think this is what like the conundrum is and the, the paradox is like while always holding the collective, I'm always thinking about also how is my personal healing connected to the collective healing? Right. You know, and that's a big question for me. And I'm always thinking about like how can I take care of myself and place my needs first? And is that in paradox to, you know, also making sure the community is well? And I, and I don't think it is. I think it's like we truly do need to ensure that we are, you know, resting a little more, hydrating a little more. We were talking about water before. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, because uh, what comes up for me is this image um, of an emaciated cow. Yeah. You know, and, and I remember uh, having a wonderful healing once and a woman asked me to pick a card. And I remember sitting there thinking I was so tired. I was going to fall asleep on her table and it was the emaciated cow and I haven't been able to get it from my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this mm-hmm. like the nurturing, giving, milk, life-giving cow, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, like if the cow doesn't rest. If it doesn't get adequate care, if yeah. it doesn't recuperate, if it doesn't eat, if it doesn't play, if it doesn't have green pastures, then the fuck, like it's going to die. So that she said to me, you know what happens when cows don't, can't provide milk anymore. And I'm like, did I? And she's like, no, they start, I don't know if milking is the right word, but they start providing blood. They start bleeding. Whoa. (laughs) Right? Right? That's heavy. Yeah. Right? And and I had to sit there with it and just like, wow, like we're bleeding out. And and I I deeply identified with that with the community in which I was working, my community, my students, uh, my colleagues, people, even online, like I, I really realize that when we have a deep history of violation, you know, when we have a very deep history of being like euthanized and uh, violated and colonized and conditioned and, con- you know, made to conform, what ends up happening is we take it on and we think something's wrong with us if we can't keep the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and and there's a lot of like, uh, I, it almost feels like, mm, I wonder, I'll, I'll try and articulate this, but that in keeping ourselves busy, like we are <laughs> kind of like performing this capitalist ideal and that perhaps at some point down the line, it was like, oh, okay, well, 
like under capitalism, like that's good. That's, you know, looks good upon. And, um, what we're not, what we didn't realize is that it's like, you know, self-sacrificial though it could, you know, gain us proximity to whiteness for sure. Yes, absolutely. And it, you know, could gain you various privileges potentially. Um, but at what cost, you know, I, I know like so many folks, many of them that I'm related to, um, that have sacrificed so much, like one of the, uh, it's like almost even just kind of like, just unreal this example. So my great grandmother, uh, she's still alive. Uh, she's going to be 92 this year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I love her. She's a strong witchy woman. She's, she's actually who I was talking about in terms of, uh, being Catholic, but also always alluding to the fact that she's a witch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, grandma. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, she will not hesitate to threaten somebody with witchcraft too. I love her for that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> She's amazing. Uh, but she worked uh, like until she was like eighty something, and I'm—I kid you not—she worked for the social security building as a maid. Wow. So. Right. I'm like, that's the literal, so social security, like that's where you're supposed to get like your, your money from once you reach a certain age. So that way you can like relax and take care of yourself and, you know, be an elder. Uh, but she didn't do that. She was there like scrubbing toilets and, you know, vacuuming and all that stuff uh, in the damn building itself because, you know, it was so deeply programmed into her that um there was this mm, i i guess self pride to be had and and always keeping busy and always making money and always providing for others you know mm-hmm. she, she's the same way like everybody would be seated at the kitchen table and then she would be the last one up heating her own tortillas you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah it's interesting that we inherit all of that. Um, I wonder if we think about you and I being ancestors, living ancestors today, and our work as ancestors, I wonder if the balance or even just the progress might lie in like, yes, providing for our community, but not in a way that's like so self-sacrificial. Yes. You know, um, And I wonder if maybe I reframe it because I almost, I don't know about you, but when I'm up like cooking everybody's food and everybody else is halfway through with their dinner, mm-hmm. <laughs> like when I'm up washing the dishes, like whatever it is, um, I see images of those matriarchs in my family that I love so much. Yeah. And um, in, a, in a loving sense, I'm kind of, you know, idolifying them and uh, maybe even emulating them so it's it's meant like with the intent is through an act of love like oh i'm carrying on in the way that they were however however right right. i'm like maybe the more loving response would be to do that but not in the same way in a different way in a new way yes Um, yes Yes, I agree completely. And I, and I, 
I would dare say that that's what we are doing. I think that we're trying to figure it out, you know, like so yeah. many of us that we're out here knowing that a new age, we're, we're like the old is dying, these old grids, these old timelines, these old ways of doing things. We can still honor them and hold them close and dear and honor the medicine and the stories and the struggle. But I have been feeling lately like I don't want to place the struggle all the time and this like working myself to the bone. I don't want to put it on a pedestal anymore, right. you know, because it, it's just, I have had to go out on medical leave in my job. I have had to uh, go like I've, I've sat there. I'm, I'm like, in, it's real, you know, like I've sat there sometimes in front of people. Like, I am sorry. Like I can't, I, I don't think I'm really at a place to function today. <laughs> you know, and then we've had to process it the week after and they come back and they're like, Dr. Jen, you're real as fuck. I appreciate you. I'm like, no, but really, I really couldn't be here. Like I couldn't, Yeah, I was going to lose it. Like I couldn't listen to another person talking about how they couldn't live and how they couldn't thrive and how they didn't have, you know, healthcare for their mother and she was dying. It, it just, some days we just can't, you know, yeah. we can't. And, we, and I feel like it's important that we honor that, that we honor all aspects of that. And to be honest with you, I'm also, like a lot of my work is around um, collective care as a revolutionary act. And I, you know, I present on it and I talk about it a lot and people think like, oh yeah, self-care. And it's like bubble baths and getting your nails done. And I'm like, <laughs> no, like not necessarily, no. And a lot of us don't, you know, have money for all that. And some of us, that can be triggering. I know people that don't like getting their feet touched. And I know people that don't like getting massages. And I mean, I like them, but <laughs> <laughs> for the record, I do. But a lot of people don't. And I think it's important that we really connect um, some of the ways in which we have been colonized. And I think it's important that we look at some of the ways that we have told ourselves that this is what rest is. Mm. You know? and, and, you know, rest is resistance. Right. And so like, how do we cure this like traumatized bodies that we live with? Our etheric bodies, our astral bodies, our energetic bodies, our physical bodies. Like how do we like make them better, make them well, so it could return to um, love and, and like fight and uprise and do it differently together. Right. Right. right? Um, so that is something that I sit with a great deal. Um, and I also sit with really thinking about like, oh, wow, how many times have I blamed myself? How many times have I felt like I'm the one that's quote unquote crazy and right. realize like it is this like emotional colonization that is being perpetrated on me? Yep. yep. Right. Right. Like this gaslighting. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It heals uh, at least from personal experience for me, like it heals like so much of your story when you're able to see uh, anything really through an indigenous lens. And I think that, you know, where we can like really heal ourselves is through that indigenous love lens and not through the colonizer judgment lens. Yes, yes. Um, because, you know, I carried, goodness, have you ever seen that movie, uh, Girl Interrupted? Yes. Okay. Yes. 
So I loved that narrative growing up because I was a lot like um, uh-huh. Angelina Jolie and Susanna <laughs> Like I was a lot like those two girls combined. And, um, you know, I spent a lot of time in, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I would call them therapeutic spaces, but, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I definitely was hospitalized and medicated at a fairly young age. Um, I'm sorry. Like that. Oh. I'm sorry. Truly, on behalf of our profession, like, that's fucked up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was pretty fucked up. And so when you grow up that way, you internalize a narrative that there's, like, something bad or broken or wrong with you. And, yes. you know, it's taken so much years of undoing, and I'm still undoing it. Like, I'm not kidding. So, like... I'm really interested in the paranormal right now. And one of the things that I really want to like do for fun is uh, do a little bit of uh, paranormal investigation through uh, an indigenous lens. Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, I'm nodding. I'm nodding vigorously with my hand on my chest. Like, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Because I love all those shows, but uh, you know, it's done through a very, in a very colonistic way. And um, one of the things that I'm undoing currently that totally stems from that colonial therapy uh, trauma that I had was uh, that there are these spirit entities that exist Mm -hmm. and that people experience them. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't say anything about their psyche, really, like, you know, and it doesn't make them bad or broken. And, um, you know, that our people have embraced that knowledge and that wisdom for ages. And so, of course, it came natural to us when we were kids, you know, like, like, we weren't trying to be bad or, you know, like, you know, whatever it was. Um, And that, you know, we just essentially were just in tune with something that was, that we inherited. And then the world around us said, you know, oh, well, there's definitely something wrong with you. Um, And so, you know, I think one of the cool things about getting to speak with people like you and a lot of the other folks I work with is like, we're at a place in our collective evolution now where more and more folks are like, yeah, like I have psychic abilities and yes, I am an empath. And I know a lot of folks are like annoyed at the internet because yeah, the the internet can be annoying, (laughs) Um, you know, but I strongly encourage people to, you know, try and understand what it is, where it is coming from inside of them that is so quick to be like, well, why are all these people empaths all of a sudden? And, you know, what makes them an empath and things like that? And it's like, well, wonder if that's just part of our evolution as a species, <laughs> you know, and wonder if that's part of our growth and our, um, our evolution and, and wonder if we're also just now like having a, a language for it. Yes. yes. You know? Yes. Yes, I really, I can really identify with that. And I think that that's, I think that's amazing. I would love to be on that show. <laughs> yes. I, I want to make a guest appearance. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's like a road, there's a few roads and places in Jersey where I have dared venture and apparently they're like super haunted. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, we'll talk about that another time. That's another podcast. (laughs) But um, yeah, I think that that's real. And I think that there's something to be said with, you know, why, yeah, exactly what you said. Like, I'm co-signing on it. Um, I cannot tell you how many people, and I started realizing that there must have been something about me, even if we were just talking about like, oh, what was going on for them and their current relationship. And then somehow it went back to childhood and feeling those ways. And they would say, you know, can I tell you something? Like, yeah, this is your space. Tell me whatever you want to tell me. Like, you know, I remember being a kid and my dad was always hitting my mom. And, you know, I would frequently see this thing by the cabinet and it would like walk you know and I can't tell you how many times I wasn't ready you know like I was like whoa like wait they're not going to just tell me some other heavy traumatic experience I mean it is traumatic but it's like they're going to tell me how they were scared out of their mind or how this being entity spirit fairy whatever became a friend during a really, really intense time. And I cannot tell you how many people have like looked at me and said like, please don't like lock me up. And like, <laughs> and I'm just like, no, no, you're not alone. I've experienced things too. And, and this is what I mean. Like, I think that this is important. This is part of the undoing and unpacking. Um, this is part of letting people know that we can take back every single fucking aspect of our ways of knowing you know we can take back connecting and communing with spirits <laughs> we can take back uh connecting and communing with the land with the earth with other ways of doing it that whiteness and caucasity has told us is sick is dark is that's gross or what is that about that's weird and even if we're not completely out about it i think it is a step in the right direction that there's pockets of places that we can have these conversations. Absolutely. I think it's so important that uh, we get to share with folks like, like if you're listening right now (laughs) and you think you might, most people say, I think I might maybe have a little bit of psychic something. I don't know. I like kind of have these dreams a little bit. Uh, if you're having those thoughts, it is like ni- I'm 99% sure you do have some ability there. And um, that's not surprising. And if at some point in your life it has made you feel just like, you know, I don't like the word crazy, but if it has made you question, you know, your um, your mental health or the validity of your experiences, um, all of those things, like know that you're not alone in that, you know, I did that my entire life and still sometimes have to unpack that and check myself (laughs) with some indigenous love, like, like, like no girl, like this is what our people saw. So you're not the only one. And, um, know that, you know, that, that narrative isn't necessarily ours and we don't have to hold it and we can let it go. Cause that's the, that's the colonizers narrative. Yeah, it is. And, and in the way that it damages us and starts to like pick away and erode at our spirit and our well being is really um, disgusting. Yep. And it creates loneliness and separation. It creates a sense that uh, we are inadequate and not worthy. And it also makes us feel as though 
you know, um, everything that we believe, all that negative stuff, that it's true. And it's not. It's not. It keeps us small, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I was saying, like the most, it's like almost every time somebody wants to share with me that they have some type of psychic phenomena that they experience, uh, they make themselves so small. And it like hurts my spirit every time. I'm like, no, like be big with it. Like it's okay to say I have prophetic dreams. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and instead of, you know, kneecapping your, what you're telling me, oh, I think I might maybe just a little bit, you know, like, no, you can own it and think about like, and in owning it is a revolutionary act too, because if the function of capitalism has us downplaying or, you know, vilifying these abilities and these experiences, why? Why would it do that? Well, to yes. keep us out of our power. And yes. it's clearly working very effectively if all of us, you know, have spent some time or another beating around the bush around our abilities, around our magic, around our gifts. And so, you know, if you want to do something to completely disrupt <laughs> yeah. that and make your ancestors and yourself real happy, you know, then delve deep into your magic and your intuition. Yes. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is so crucial that we surround ourselves with people that get it. Yeah. You know, like communities that get it. Um, I know that in, you know, I am happily divorced, right? And like, <laughs> you know, my ex-partner like just couldn't get it yeah. and it would freak him out. And um, I would say things and I would frequently get like berated for it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, every time you say something, it always comes true. Just, just don't say anything. Just don't. And, and it was just like, wait, so, okay. You want me to minimize a part of who I am because you don't want to honor my other way of knowing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that sucks. Yeah. You know, um, and not only does it suck, but sometimes it feels lonely. So like, that's one of my things is I'm like connecting with people and I'm in the world of meeting new folks and deciding who I want to let in my life in more intimate ways. One of my main things are like, are they, will they accept me in all of my bigness? Mm-hmm. You know, like, will they accept me in my intensity? Will they accept, and, and not, it's not even a question. Not will they accept it, but will they relish in it? Will they love it? Will they, like, yeah. you know, because I'm not going to quiet the fuck down for anyone anymore. It's just not happening. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too long, too long. No more. <laughs> no, I, I love that. Um, I, too, am happily divorced, um, and I'm, I'm actually oh, wow. re- remarried now. Okay, okay. Um, And so in my first marriage, a lot of the same happened. Um, This person was okay with my Uh (laughs) (laughs) witchcraft-ish, but was always like, you know, suspicious of me and my ways and like, you know, kind of negative about it in in that sense too. And then, you know, of course, with my intuition, uh, anytime because that person had a lot of stuff to hide and anytime I shared my intuition, you know, there, yeah. it would become an issue. And same so, here. same here. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so there was a lot of, you know, a lot of hurt from that. Um, yeah. And so same thing, like when I was, you know, 
through enough of my healing years after that divorce um, to, you know, even pursue intimate connections with people and what that might look like, I started putting my like psychic self and my witch self like on front street like because mm. i was like let me just weed them out right now like yep, this true. is this is what i do for a living this is who i am like if mm. you can't handle these things like we don't let's just not waste each other's time yeah you know yeah absolutely mm. absolutely i'm loving this conversation can i just say <laughs> me too <laughs> I'm loving this too, you know, um, and I can just feel uh, that everyone listening at home will be feeling it too. I'm so. glad. Yeah. And, and it's also, I think it's so important for me too, to um, put on front street as well, the, the way that spirituality doesn't capture it for me like because I just I feel like spirituality is like an umbrella term for mm -hmm. me and the way that I walk in the world and the, but I, I want to say like I've studied, you're not just studied it, but like I've lived it. Mm -hmm. I've gone through those dark nights of the soul. Like, right? like you know, it, 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 I feel like there's also a process of really like meeting shadow self, yeah. connecting with the heavier, darker aspects of self going through. And that's why I feel like quote unquote umbrella term, spirituality, whatever it is for people, um, with the quote unquote therapy or healing work, go hand in hand oh, because yeah. when we go right those journeys those journeys into under understanding ourselves better um the shedding the constant death and the loss of who you thought you would be and who would be in your life and i i feel like that that really is important and taking care of like your inner child and i know these are words that people hear nowadays and they're like oh yeah inner child or this work and that work but um I think there's also roots to colonization in there, you know, like oh, yeah. look at, look at what we're dealing with now. Like it is very on purpose to separate parent from child. Oh yeah. Right. Like it, it is so, it is such a colonial ass divide and conquer fucking technique. Mm -hmm. You know, it has been done from the very beginning and it continues to be done. And when I think about that and how we need to often, we often have parents that are not quote unquote available. Mm -hmm. It is more crucial than ever to make sure that we're mending and healing some of our like traumatized inner and outer selves. Does that make sense? Like, Absolutely. It completely yeah. makes sense to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like nodding my head vigorously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes I go off on tangents. Hence, this is why when I write, I'm just like, okay, good thing that Instagram has like a word count limit. Because <laughs> I would just keep going and going and going. <laughs> same, 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 same. You know, I just think that, um, you know, having a healthy like as much as we can, we can't, we can't always, I'll be honest, like right there, like there's not always healthy relationships, like within like, you know, my parents, um, that, yeah. that I can cultivate or, you know, work on. Uh, but as much as we can is important because that is revolutionary because it's counter to what they're doing is, you know, that whole divide and conquer, like, yeah. like you were just saying, you know, um, so if you can do that, like, that's amazing. And that's one of the things that, uh, 
I don't know if I've ever actually even said it out loud that um, brought me to wanting to really work on my relationship with my mother. Um, because when I was doing my work, uh, you know, because even though like, even though I'm a black indigenous woman of color, um, you know, we all live under white supremacy and none of us are like, (laughs) you know, without some, without it somewhere and the fabric of our being. In fact, it's a lot of places. And so, you know, I, as much as I hold up the mirror for other folks, I'm also spending a lot of time in the mirror myself and like in doing that and part of my work in looking at anti-blackness and Mm -hmm. et cetera and so forth, I started to see uh, my story with my mom and, you know, the things that we went through growing up from like this understanding about anti-blackness and all of the things my mother was up against and like, it completely shifted because I had to ask myself, I was like, Oh my goodness is like part of my relationship uh, with my mother, you know, anti-black in some way. And it was, the answer was yes. (laughs) That's so real. And that was like a really, really hard pill to swallow. But as soon as I figured it out, I was like, fuck that. Let me call my mom, you know, and I hadn't spoken to my mom in in years. Um, And so she and I have been in connection ever since. And when I speak to her now, um, maintaining my relationship with her now as best as I can, um, is it, it's it feels revolutionary like you're saying because it's counter to what they're trying to do to us is what I was you know trying to get at <laughs> no no that's beautiful that's perfect and it's important so yeah. real that is so real and what I think is also real is that you know sometimes we have to like look at that oppressor within ourselves mm-hmm. you know like we have to see where that is um, and we have to look at how we continue to perpetuate Mm-hmm. Um, so that's real important and I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it can kind of contribute to a sense of just anxiety, mm-hmm. right? Overwhelm, just exhaustion. Deep, yeah. Exhaustion. <laughs> it's like, we're always trying to like keep up and figure it all out and it's fucking exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like one of the important questions that, I always ask myself when I'm, you know, doing some introspection is I'm like, okay, well, where's that voice coming from? Like, what voice is that? You know, is that the voice of the colonizer? A lot of times it is, Um, you know, whatever my judgment is or whatever. Usually for me, it's around not letting myself rest. Like, what was it like a month or so ago? I started having these, like, uh, they felt like mini seizures um, were, we're not entirely sure because we haven't like caught it on uh, medical imaging stuff, but mm. I may have been working myself so damn hard that I was having these like mini seizure episodes and I made myself teach a live class while having seizures because my inner colonizer, wow. like I, I couldn't reckon with like, I need to lay that the fuck down. Like this is not like that, you know, that's, a little bit like self-abusive you know? it, is. <laughs> like, it is it so is yeah. and yeah yeah and that's real and the ways that we feel like no we have to keep on because also that we don't want to look like quote unquote a hot mess mm-hmm. 
right? We don't want to look like we don't have it together, together. <laughs> right? Right. And that is so consistent. That is so problematic. And that also comes from the way that we have been, it's been drilled into us, right? That yeah. we are not uh, organized or if we cancel on something or we move something around, there's something wrong with us. Right. We have to like sterilize yes. Yes. <laughs> our energy before, um, you know, sharing it with others. And ugh, yeah, that's, that's so harmful. <laughs> You know, yes, absolutely. Yes. That's something I could definitely work on undoing, and I'm sure other folks could as well. <sighs> I know. I'm, I'm like taking a deep breath, like, <sighs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're moving lots of energy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's important. It is so, so real and so important. And I'm so grateful to be having, truly, I think this is what I started to say before, and I got thrown off. Um, but I'm really, really, really so grateful for being able to have a predominantly like spiritual psychic conversation, you know, yeah. Yeah. I'm really, really grateful uh, because I think a lot of what I talk about is like, you know, like the resistance, viva la resistance, like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know um, and it's not on purpose because it's just like that's sometimes what needs to come out. And but to be real, a lot of that is also channeled for me. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. A lot of that is also psychic though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And you know, my, my therapist was just saying that before. She's just like, and, and I'm so like, I, I know I love her. And, and I'm like, wait, you follow me? And she's like, Yeah, yeah. You know, whether you read things in here or sometimes I'll read some of your things. She was like, It's channeled, Jennifer. And I'm like, Oh, like, <laughs> it is. It is like, well, I thought channeling looked like this, right? Also, colonized view, right? Like, I thought channeling only looked like blank. I thought channeling was blank. But truthfully, is that like the mental health system has like minimized and like watered down mm -hmm. my, some of my like abilities. And I know that I'm not the only one, right? Oh, yeah. Right, there are folks out there that are therapists, but they're amazing Reiki healers. My my work doesn't happen to be with my hands. It does not happen to be Reiki, but I'm just saying, you know, yeah. um, some people are out there and they do A, B, C, and D. Some people, and I feel that the mental health system and the way that we've been trained in school has taught us to stand down on every angle, to just yeah. behave, to fucking fall in line, uh, to not you know, bring yourself into it in any way, shape or form to not be too much, to not offer any suggestions. And, I, and I'm just like, who does that work for? Like some people, but not, not all the time, not many, like what, who does, who does that really work for? And it, it's sort of a sad feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, it works for nobody, but I know who it serves. <laughs> it serves whiteness. Yeah. It sure does. Yes. Man, yeah. you know, I was just, that made me think of how uh, a lot of the folks that I get to speak with uh, in readings and over the internet and all kinds of things, classes, whatnot, um, are working on reclaiming their intuition. And, you know, one thing that I'm really seeing right now as you and I are talking is that, you know, it's there. It's just one of those places that um, colonialism has put a lot of wounds on for us. Yeah. And 
you know, that that might be part of your healing work of your intuition is, you know, going back through, you know, your psychic story, you know, yeah, yeah, beginning all the way back, like to your origins as a healer, because we all carry that archetype, you know, um, because, you know, that's how kids, kids are just born open. People say that to me a lot. They're like, oh, when I was little, I, you know, I had all these abilities and then now, you know, not so much. And I don't know if I could still bring it out or what happened. And I always tell them the same thing. I'm like, life happened. Capitalism happened. Mm-hmm. Like white supremacy happened. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's there. It's just there under a bunch of, you know, abusive rubble and rhetoric and it's all about unlearning deprogramming and being open to channel again like you were saying yes yes and to to bring and i'm like nodding while you're talking like yes (laughs) and to like call each other in yeah to bring each other in and you know, to have compassion. So like, I want to say like, as much as it sounds like I'm screaming and banging books on my page, I am because I think that rage is medicine. You know, I think it is healthy. I think it is healing. I think it provides a fire and a wind and a, and an important aspect to our stories and our truth and our ancestral stories. You know, like there's a lot of intergenerational trauma and lots of reasons that there's ever present fucking anger there. You know, and, and there are aspects of me when needed and not just me, but like movements that need to soften sometimes, Mm. you know, and there's times when I just feel deep sadness and compassion. And there's times when I feel like, you know, um, I'm going within. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need to go in my shell. Yeah. <laughs> bye, bye, world. <laughs> oh, right. You're a cancer, right? Cancer sign? Yes, yes <laughs> I am. That's right. <laughs> I totally forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's times where it's just like, yeah, goodbye, too much. And uh, everyone always sees me as an extrovert. I, um, I think it's fascinating. Uh, I just did an event on Monday in Williamsburg in Brooklyn. And um, a few of the sisters that stayed around afterwards are like, wait, you're a cancer cancers usually don't communicate the way you do how are you a cancer and I, I was cracking up i'm like well my leo my mercury leo leo's mercury and they're like oh <laughs> I, I communicate like a leo i guess <laughs> yeah um, but but i also like i don't think i'm just an extrovert i think it's that I'm often sometimes really uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable with small talk. I'm uncomfortable when shit is really surface, you know? Um, I'm uncomfortable and I get awkward and I'm like, oh, I don't... And not that it's not about the people. It's not about someone personally. I just... I I can seem kind of maybe like boring even, like just like flat, you know? But when it starts moving around feelings and spirituality and a sense of beingness and knowing and dream work and astrology and you know I've been like that work and love and feelings and being real with each other even if it's difficult real that's when I find myself light up and get back online same same yeah yeah Yeah, that's the stuff that like makes me feel like like I've come alive Mm. and it makes me feel like when I'm sitting with somebody who can speak on those things with me like like I'm really getting to see like their spirit on a you know in a deep way and uh 
in my brain, that's in a significant way, but that's because I am an eighth house dominant person and it's making me wonder, <laughs> like, I need to chart. I wonder what eighth house placements you have or if there's any Plutonian uh, themes in your chart because uh, folks with those placements and aspects and whatnot are like us and they, we like to hang out in the deep end. Uh, but it's, it also speaks to our calling, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just our nature because that's what we need in order to do what we do. And and it's also like representative of our ancestors too. Like who were our ancestors? Our ancestors were healers, way makers, chain breakers. Like they were doing some real stuff. Yes. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. And, and I think the, the reality is, even though some people are just like, this is just all too much and people are just getting a little ridiculous with it. And again, as we both, I think are agreeing, it's like, no, like come, we're coming out. We're like, yeah. we're coming to, we're stepping into, and it's a beautiful thing to watch. Um, even my, you know, I, I, like I said, I work at a university counseling center, which is much more like community mental health. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people will come in. I even had a young woman come in the other day and she's like, listen, don't take this the wrong way, but what's your sign? <laughs> I was dying to ask my therapist. Um, I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. And I looked at her. This was like our first session. She was like, and I was like, oh, okay. And so I, I was like a little stumped because, you know, like I yeah. know how I'm supposed to respond, but I know how I want to respond. And I look at her and I was like, Tell me about that. I was like, what do you mean? I'm like, so basically if I'm a such and such, you're going to like leave and turn around. She goes, I might. I said, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. And yeah. And I was like, well, I'm a cancer son. And she's like, oh, okay. Okay. She's like, okay. I like you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she is very Sagittarius dominant. Yeah. Um, and she was like, I normally can't do water signs, but I can do cancers. And I'm like, okay, you know, we talked and, and, and we have a great relationship now, but it's pretty funny. Um, the awareness and, and people stepping into their, their selves, their authentic selves. And I do think that this is a form of fucking resistance. I do think it's a form of being able to say, I am serving my people. I am doing it my way. Mm-hmm. And I'm also allowing at d- different aspects of myself to come forth. I'm in more in alignment with who I am. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's my thought. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, I remember uh, when I started doing this professionally, I was a little bit timid about telling the people in my family, um, you know, this is what I'm doing for fear of it being viewed as illegitimate, you know, and especially like the black side of my family. Um, they're all from uh, Louisiana and uh, very scholarly family. family. Like everybody's got, degrees and accolades and you know letters behind their name or in front of their name like my mom has her side e too um go mom (laughs) wow wow. yeah um but you know so in my deliberate choice to not go and do all of those things and um to go from because they they loved it when I was a caseworker you know that was something they could hang with but then when I switched like and did a total 180 and was like, you know what? I'm actually going to be a root worker. 
And they were like, huh? And I was like, like hoodoo, you know? And they're like, what do you mean hoodoo? Like voodoo? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Voodoo is a religion. But, you know, like hoodoo, like the work of our ancestors. And then it was like, all of a sudden, they couldn't say anything against it. You know, it's like, oh, you know, so all of our ways, you know, are legitimate, you know, and when I see, you know, folks like you, folks like my mom, um, my beloved friend, Shaida, who is also on this show, who's, um, she's about to like, go into practicum and all this other stuff. Um, as a black therapist also um when i see you all i see you all as healers you know um you know just using a different set of tools than i use and uh i think that it's just as important like every we need all of it (laughs) you know we need as many versions and as many varieties and um as much as we can, we need as much of us as we possibly can. Yes, we do. Um, you know, out there doing the healing work for for our community as possible. I love when you were when you were talking about your client asking you what your sign was. I was like, it, it's reminding me of this conversation I had with Shaida when we were talking on the podcast in a previous episode about how important it is uh, to interview uh, your 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 therapist and. Mm-hmm that you could and should have a choice and that that didn't occur to either of us until we were of a certain age. (laughs) But now that we know, we tell that to as many uh, black and brown folks, especially, but people in general as possible, like you get to choose and that that's, you know, something you definitely want to practice. But I was envisioning that it would be wonderful if there comes a day where in the therapist's like, their profile or whatever on the website or sometimes you'll see like a pamphlet in the waiting room with all the different therapists that says like a blurb about them Mm -hmm. it would be amazing if we could reach a point where there are you know um, black and indigenous centered healing spaces and it says you know (laughs) dr jennifer mullen is a cancer son and you know such and such rising and and things like that for those of us that want to take that into consideration you know i love it i love it you know and if what if it wouldn't be great if it was also okay for you to in your blurb like yeah of course like include the stuff about um, your education and, and, you know, your achievements through, through those kinds of avenues. And also that a little bit about your spiritual practice too. Yeah, that's a great, I love it. Yes, and like, I love if, that. Yeah. Like, if I was able <laughs> I to like, down. I down. <laughs> like if, if that was available, like, holy, like I would immediately be like, that's my person, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it would let me know that, like, right away, like, that's a safe space for somebody like us, yeah. you know? Yeah, thank you for that. No, I think that's a great idea. And I think that that's important. Um, and I'm also thinking to myself, you know, I can be honest and say, I can feel my body go, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, what is people going to, you know, like, it's yeah. always like that continual, like, coming out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um continuing to like unpack who I am and to who and where and but uh you're absolutely right so this tells me that there's a place that I need to go (laughs) I need need to go down that road you know yeah hell yeah 
Oh, I just think that, you know, that's a beautiful, um, I believe in Afrofuturism as like a tool for revolutionary thought. And so that daydream was my little bit of like Afrofuturism, <laughs> like, wouldn't it be amazing if I walked into a healing center that was full of these magical therapists? You yeah. Know? You know, what's funny is that, um, well, I'm just going to put it this way. It's being talked about. I'll say that. <laughs> it's been talked about and, you know, a friend reached out and, you know, um, it's like we have to be honest that not everybody is, is like us, right? And not right. everybody will be able to have an us, but sometimes I meet people and they're like, yeah, right now, can you be my therapist? I'm like, no, uh, uh, like, I <laughs> yeah. need to think on this, but we can maybe work that out. I don't know. Um, right. But, um. I think that it's important to have a group. And sometimes when people ask me like, Oh, can you recommend someone? Mm -hmm. um, I don't always have a, an idea, mm -hmm. you know, like sometimes it's like, I need to like know, know people. It's not just enough to like know them on Instagram, but like, I need to have a conversation with them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think it's important to be able to like, know people before you're referring out but um i am talking to a few good friends that are therapists and they're like yo we need a healing center like decolonizing therapy could be there and a friend of, you know my friend does a lot of work with some of the egyptian goddesses oh, cool. um, a friend who does a lot of shamanic shaman journey work um and is getting uh like an apprenticeship so we we're talking about like what that would look like in the center and where would it be and i'm like Maybe we need a mobile center. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah. come here, come here <laughs> and go everywhere. You know, I'm sure everybody listening at home is like, I wish that was here where I am. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But that's just kind of how I feel. But I feel like part of the decolonizing quote unquote therapy, part of the, like removing it from just a metaphor is that people understand that it is crucial for them to start looking at some of the things that creates this, a permanent state of like unhappiness mm -hmm. and like being off their access, yeah. you know, like it happens sometimes for any of us, like you and I were talking about before, like, you know, I, I've had a dark month this past month, like yeah. dark, like, you know, my birthday didn't normally, I could be like, Oh, it's my birthday and I feel great and blah, 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 blah. But I didn't feel like that. Yeah. You know, I felt dark, very, very, very dark. Um, and I had to be honest about what was being activated in me, mm -hmm. you know, and I had to be act, uh, honest about what it is I needed. And I had to look at what I didn't want to let go of in that moment. Yep. You, does that make sense? Yeah, like, it makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. It, it's been a month. I think that you know, I imagine probably every black and brown person listening um, and even some of our allies can recognize that the nature of the climate we're existing in is inherently um, continuously traumatic. Yes. And uh, just even like carrying that in our DNA from the moment we we're born and then having lived the lives we've lived because of who we are and then doing the work that we do and then plus just trying to exist in all of this also. Yes. yes. It's a lot. And sometimes it is, it crushes me, you know? 
Um, and sometimes it gets real dark too. Like I, it's, it's tough. And what's weird is in the social media, uh, you know, the aspect of the work in that sense, you know, it's, it's all the culture is about posting every day and the mm -hmm. inherently racist algorithm mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, is set up to where if you don't do that, like you're going to totally screw up uh, whatever momentum as far as your exposure goes. If, if you, you know, don't post for however, many, however long of a period of time. And so what that leaves no room for ironically yeah. Uh, like our human experience and so exactly. you know you had a dark month I've been having a pretty dark week uh, and mm -hmm. even though in our work is connected to the things that we're likely feeling dark about because I imagine some of yours are some of mine yeah yeah um, even though it's connected to my work uh, it's still sometimes it's just, it just, it just crushes me, like levels me. And I'm just like, I can't today. You know, there was a day where I wanted to, um, or I thought, you know, I should, it, it's a celebration to say that the podcast made it onto iTunes. Like that's really like, um, mm. worthy of celebrating. And I didn't have it in me. I was literally on the couch crying for much of that day. That was the day that Toni Morrison died. <laughs> Mm. Um, mm. which I ended up being, you know, happy and came to peace with eventually. But initially it was like, I don't, I even have room for my joy right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. That is so real. Absolutely. And you're right. Like, you know, Instagram is inherently racist. <laughs> oh, they're going to kick my ass off for that. <laughs> We're going to be shadow banned forever now. Yes, yes. You know, but it, but it is, and all of these systems are, these systems are all made to benefit certain individuals. Um, and you know what? I trust that everything, everybody that needs to see my work is seeing it. Everybody that needs to see your work and follow your page is following it or, or yeah. will when they're ready to. And, um, I thank goodness, like my, um, one of my peer educators, my student, she was, um, majoring in social media, which is like a thing now, which is awesome. She was minoring in it rather yeah. with her, with her media degree. And she like asked to help. And she's like really one of the first people that ever believed in decolonizing therapy. So shout out to Shanae Cook. Yeah. <laughs> um, and little by little, you know, I, I she, we, we called it intern, but I wasn't comfortable with the whole, like not paying her part, even though food was involved, like an exchange of nourishment. But now, you know, we, she has moved up to like that social media assistant and really doing the work and working on herself and taking care of herself. I'm so proud of her. And what she says to me is like, look, you have this many K you have that. And I'm like, I nod. I look like a stupid, like, I'm just like nodding, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, this is great. I'm like, yeah, but are they getting it? Are they feeling me? Are they really? <laughs> and she's like, oh, she like rolls her eyes and just like walks away. She's a Capricorn. <laughs> yeah. She just looks at me and she's like, Jen, Jen, you made, you made such and such and such. You, you really, as you're doing this, you're doing that. Like people are really digging to colonizing therapy. Maybe we'll, remember when we only had like, 120 followers and most of them were like your students like remember yeah. when <laughs> and i'm just like 
yeah, that even came up in therapy to be honest today. Whoa, how interesting. Like it came up that like I have a hard time accepting like taking in the compliments or the love. Yep. Like people could say thank you or I appreciate this or this makes me feel seen and I and I feel it, but it's almost like I don't allow it in all the way and that's a yep. problem. Yep. You know, so I think that that is also another function of coloniality and that's another function of the ways in which we are taught to not be overly, like not feel ourselves too much. Yeah. Right? small and out of our power. I do the oh. same, yep. same thing. Anytime somebody says, thank you for, I know what you're talking about. It's that, thank you so much for doing your work. Like this really spoke to me. Like, you know, I... I I love what you do, like all that stuff. Um, yeah. You know, it it does feel good, and also, it same thing. I don't think I'm taking it in all the way either. Like not allowing myself to really take it in because, for fear of the ego, which is actually ego and of itself, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but absolutely, you identified it. Like I, like we were talking about earlier. Like that's whose voice is that? That's the voice of the colonizer. It is. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it is yep. the voice of the colonizer, and it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It is also it makes me sad. Yeah, you know, it just makes me so deeply sad that sometimes I feel like not worthy of receiving what is being given to me. Like it's right there in front of me, mm -hmm. and I'm not allowing myself to receive. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, well, that's a function of, um, or a byproduct of capitalism, like, essentially, like, it's that ever dangling carrot in front of our, in our, in front of our face, and it's that um, addiction to uh, a destination that never truly arrives, and all of, all of the things and all of the narratives are, like, everywhere we look tell us that we're not enough, mm -hmm. not enough, not enough. You wake up telling yourself you're not enough. You know, you go to bed telling yourself not enough. Even if you were thinking about all that you did today, you know, yeah. I don't know about you, but I will immediately at some point go to, oh, but I didn't get to do this. And yeah. I really wish I would have gotten to yeah. do that. And yes. like, I really meant to do this today. Like, and it's like, when is it ever, when, when are we ever going to feel like, like, I have done something of value and I can like feel it and it's being received. And you know, like this entire thing that you've set out to do and connect with other folks in the way that you've, you know, that you do it, it's working, it's happening. And it does, it makes me sad a little bit too, that knowing that you experience that and I experience that, I'm sure there's other black and Brown creators on the internet too, yes. that aren't um, allowing the joy that we all deserve. Yes. <laughs> yes, because we do deserve it. And we're also so grateful that we can like connect with each other as well. Yeah. 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 I think it's, our, it, it's definitely that, you know, voice of the colonizer on the inside for sure. And um, it's also like my <laughs> inner abuelita, like it's like, it's that self-sacrificial, like, no, 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 <laughs> like being humble about this amazing pot of beans that I just made that mm -hmm. everybody's ranting and raving about. And then, you know, I can just see my great grandmother going, oh, I don't know. You know, I, I should have added more of this or whatever. And it's like, no, like this is the best 
you know, mm-hmm. refried beans I've had in like a year, two years, like, oh my God. Um, but it's never enough. And it's, it's and yeah, yeah. It's just been reinforced and drilled into our DNA over generations that we are not enough. We will never be enough. Yeah. And I find it so draining. Yes. Um, and I also find it uh, sad, you know, yeah. and I keep trying to re center myself and bring myself and remind myself that um, it's okay. And it's difficult to heal our relationships with ourselves, you know, when we're wishing parts of ourselves away and then on some level to parts of ourselves that are not, you know, Caucasian enough. <laughs> totally. Right. We need to like invite them back into ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah. That's yeah. Real. One of the things that I had to do, I don't know if you get hate mail, but every once in a while, I actually get more nice, loving messages. <laughs> thank, thank, <laughs> thank goodness. And yes, thank, yes. thank you, anybody who's ever said a kind word to me. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, I'm an incredibly sensitive person. Um, and I, I get hate mail and I get like terrifying things from, um, you know, neo-Nazi, right-wing, white supremacist people on the internet all the time. And, you know, I live with, you know, what they call complex um, PTSD. And so when that happens, it's extremely traumatic and um, it, it always throws me off just about. But one of the things that I had to do was um, I've started like saving and compiling these messages, mm. uh, you know, in a drive on my phone because I'm like, I need to be able like, it is my cue when I get one of these you know, hate-filled messages. Somebody's upset because, you know, I called out their privilege and now they think I'm being racist towards white people, whatever their bullshit is. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they decided to say some really, really harmful things to me. Um, It's it's a lot better to have this thing to, like, look at and be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, I, this isn't all for nothing. You know, I'm not... (laughs) not seeing what is happening and also uh, just stirring up more hate too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, so I don't, I don't know if you've got love letters from folks, but I highly (laughs) suggest anybody, um, you know, save those memos of kindness, those texts, those comments on your threads where somebody says, you know, like, this is really beautiful. I really needed to hear this, whatever it is. Um, all of those things can help remedy uh, those moments where we're just not in touch. Yeah. Thank you for that. I think I have to start saving all the loving messages as well. Yeah, definitely. I think I have to start doing that more often. Um, And when I do get, you know, the hate mail or any kind of comments and what have you, um, sometimes it's like nonstop bullying, but it's usually around something specific. Yeah. You know, um, but if not, then it is like, oh, tell me, I, I often find people wanting like labor, like my, yes, like something like big, like they want a lot from me or, oh, did, you know, if you read such and such, what was your thought about such and such and such? And it isn't done in a way, you know, some people do it in a way that is so 
amazing and loving and you're like, yeah, you can have a conversation with them. But other people, it, I often feel, what is the word? Uh, like they're trying to see if I really know what I'm talking about, quote yep. unquote. Yep. I think there is a, <laughs> a word for that and I am not remembering it and I'm sure um, <laughs> some of my friends that I'm thinking of that are pretty savvy with social justice terminology um, are like, it's this word at home. But uh, there, there's definitely a word for that, you know. Um, it's just a, it's a form of like distracting or derailing, yes. essentially. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. It's fucked up. It's, it's, and it's from white supremacy. You're trying to knock somebody out of their power. You're trying to distract them. All of that stuff. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I frequently just feel, or there are other people, to be honest, and like no shade, but like there'll be other people on IG that are pretty well known mm -hmm. and they may um, start like asking me questions that have to do with race. Mm -hmm. you know, or like, oh, this person got mad at me. Do you think that this was wrong? Did I say something bad? Did I this? I don't want to bother you, but... Mm -hmm. And what I frequently realize is that, A, we usually may not have already a connection or, like, we haven't started chatting, yep. you know? So you're kind of, like, asking me kind of out of nowhere, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, two, then you're, you know, um, basically, or there's, like, this, what's the word? Like, oh, okay, but I didn't do anything wrong, right? But then you never really, like show me love, shout me out, you know, yeah. a lot of that shadiness. So, um, that tells me to just follow my intuition. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, follow my intuition and to back up when something is not working for me. Yeah. Folks you know? could really be a whole lot more conscious about the energetic consumption that takes place on Instagram. Yes. And this is, you know, definitely directed at, our white allies for sure like check your privilege like know that we have enough labor on our plates and sure. be very conscious of what you're asking us for yep. and if if you're compensating us in some way because you should be and uh you know <laughs> my fellow you know black and brown brothers and sisters etc like do it too and so yeah. Uh, one thing that we've established amongst me and my friends is just checking in first because we experience so much trauma, <laughs> racism, yeah. like whatever, all day long. You never know where somebody is at, how they're feeling, what they have the spoons for. Yes. Like, like, it's as simple as consent. Like, hey, yeah. sis, you got, like, space for this right now? Because I would really like to process this really racist thing that happened to me this morning, right. you know? And I might be like, you know what? I had a really rough day. I can't. Um, if you can't do it with somebody else, then I might be available for you tomorrow, but I absolutely cannot right now. You know, yes. that simple yeah. element is such a loving, loving, loving thing. And I think everybody uh, could, especially like in relation to the professionals in, in your life, um, yeah. you know, folks like you, folks like me, the consent of do you have space for and also ask me is this something that you know could or should be dealt with in an appointment 
Exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because it, it puts us in a weird space where it's like, you're asking a legit question. However, this is something you should probably be compensating me for. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't want to seem rude or whatever it is, but like, I need to tell you, like, you should probably book an appointment. Like, that's a really right. personal, that's something that is like getting a reading, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's real. And um, I think that that's just ways that we can be a little bit more conscious all around and loving to one another. Hell yeah. You know, and, and respectful of each other's spaces. And I know that everybody kind of sees the, uh, the current stuff going around like, oh, you know, uh, you know, check on your strong friend. But I think that there's some realness to that. And I frequently find myself telling people that in counseling and therapy, like, no, are you checking in with folks that are frequently the ones to hold it down in your community? Are you making sure that you know, uh, this is going to sound a little harsh, but like sometimes what happens is that like depression can create a space where it's hard to see around you and how other people are feeling. Yeah. And I find, you know, when I, when I have some really loving, authentic conversations with my friends that tend to go more on that spectrum, I sometimes can be real about like, damn, sometimes I feel left out. Yeah, hell yeah. Sometimes, you know, like I hear them thinking a lot about their needs, but what's, where are my needs? And have I even thought about my needs? Or, you know, am I happy just taking care of other people's needs because it makes me feel useful? And, it, you know, it's just a lot of food for thought in how we can navigate and have more authentic relationships with folks instead of just being people pleasers. Because I think people pleasing is also a form of colonization. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> it's a survival <laughs> tactic. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, I agree. Like, I'm like, folks at home, like, if you, everybody knows somebody who's a caregiver or a healer or, you know, in, in any sense of the word, whether they're a nurse, a therapist, a, a psychic, an astrologer, like, whatever, yeah. whatever yeah. it is that they do. Um, a mother, for heaven's sake, you know, the folks that are using their energy to care for others uh the organizers the activists like check on those check check on us check on me check on jennifer like it's yeah it's hella real because i feel that way sometimes too like when especially like when the climate's real bad and shit's really popping off in the news and it's like devastating i will get like an influx of people and um i just i feel like people could check their you know are are you being very (laughs) self-centered and and are you checking in with your your privilege because your privilege will blind you from my experience too like you know are you asking me about something really trivial that's going to make me do a bunch of labor when i might be having a lot of depression because of something major that's happening in the news that's impacting me and my community but it's not necessarily impacting you and yours absolutely absolutely you know? yeah i just think that it's very I guess, real i guess what we're asking for is like an intersectional perspective like mm-hmm. when you Mm-hmm. Are coming to somebody about um, any type of exchange or with energy, like, can you do so consciously and intersectionally? Yeah. Because that's yeah. loving. 
Yes, that is loving. <laughs> it is loving and it's, it's grounding and it's kind and it's, it's important. Um, I'm just tired of giving so much of myself, you know, so it's important for me to also be conscious of how I play a role in that. Mm-hmm. You know, like take some, I have to take some general responsibility for some of it too. Um, so lately, lately I've been stepping into that and paying attention a little bit more mm-hmm. how um, sometimes my need to be needed shows up, mm-hmm. you know? how my need to like make other people happy might show up. And yeah. um, where does that leave me? Like, yeah. where does that, where's that at? Does that make, you know? Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I, ha- I have a Libra rising, so I know all about that. <laughs> I'm going to send you my chart. I'm going to send it right now. <laughs> Pressing send. <laughs> good. good. <laughs> this is fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm just feeling so full with the conversation and I'm just very appreciative. Yeah. Likewise. Um one more thing that I, I really want to make sure we get to um, while I had this awesome opportunity to chat with you, um, in terms of decolonizing therapy mm-hmm. um, or decolonizing in a therapeutic way, yes. uh, do you have any calls to action for mm-hmm. folks? Like if they are looking for like, how can I implement this into my life? Like how can I decolonize therapy or um, things like that and if you could address specifically uh, marginalized folks and then if you want to um, white allies Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. their action items are different usually absolutely Um, so you know what are some things folks can do yeah this is this is a great point this is a great question so oh, it comes up for me um, in the process of decolonizing, you know, the settler colonial <laughs> mentality that, you know, this place that we live in. Yeah. It's number one, really, really checking um, in on ourselves and taking care of ourselves in a way that I don't think that we have before mm-hmm. and allowing ourselves to begin to gently and maybe with the support of somebody who does this full-time uh, whether it's a healer um a therapist healer like start to really unpack your pain yeah um, we need to feel it to heal it and that never gets old because it's real that doesn't mean we need to feel it all at once that doesn't mean and i don't recommend that actually um i recommend to be honest that we start checking the negative self-talk. What Mm -hmm. do I say to myself most often? And very frequently I will find that the dialogue that I have internalized or the people that I serve have internalized has been that of oppressor language and energy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's really important not to just CBT it, right? Cognitive behavioral therapy. Like, (laughs) and you know, like, yeah, look at your thoughts and shift them and that's fine. But also look at, you know, is that what you really want? Is that what you need? Where did your mom learn that from? Why did, why have you been told that majority of your life? How could that be kinder to you? Yeah. How could you be kinder to you? So every morning um, I ask myself, what do I need? So I would like our people, my people, people of color 
to start fucking taking care of ourselves in a different way. You know, I'd really like us to start loving on ourselves a bit more, being a little bit more gentle, and to acknowledge that people's pain around us doesn't mean that they're weak. Um, because, you know, just because we're hyper super aware of therapy doesn't mean that we really have empathy and compassion for others. Yeah. You know? Um, and that, I feel like, is a bit of a problem. So part of the decolonizing aspect, I think, is to, like, remember, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and remember the joy of building within your community and finding sanctuary for you and yours. And, like, also, I would also recommend to begin to talk about therapy or queerness or fatness or any of that or you know disabilities or struggles mental health issues even with some of our elders yeah don't have to minimize ourselves and what we know to be true yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so that is when it's safe and i want to put that out there always when it's safe. you know um yeah so that's like one of the main things and and one of the other pieces are like, don't, you don't have to like trauma everything. Like, oh, my trauma this, my trauma that, my trauma. Yeah, our trauma, it's old. It is deep. Mm-hmm. It, you know, like it goes fucking deep. And of course, we know it is not all of who we are. Yeah. You know, um, but it is good for us to look at how that plays a role in who we are and what our stories are. And check yourself to make sure that you're not like stuck in a storyline. Yeah. Because the storyline is not always true. Yep. Um, and for, you know, white folks, one of the first things I would say, you know, with, with some mad love is like, sometimes you just got to like, shut the fuck up. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to shut the fuck up and listen. And um, I, there's a lot of, there's white people out there that I love deeply, you know, in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and that doesn't change the fact, but the whiteness comes up in our relationship, you know? And so if we don't talk about it, it will still come up and then I, it will just turn me off in some way, shape or form. Yep. You know? So what I would tell white people is instead of being worried about like how to fucking decolonize, start looking at how you oppress your fellow friend, black Mm -hmm. friend, brown friend, Mm -hmm. you know, South Asian friend. Like how do you fucking oppress your friends? And how do you make them feel less than whether you're correcting their language all the time or you're like looking at your watch when they're 20 minutes late because that's how we fucking roll and we're fucking tired or, you know, whatever it is, like just like slow down. Like you don't have to try so fucking hard and you don't have to make it always about you. Yep. That's what I would say. Hell yeah. (laughs) I co-sign the fuck out of that. Oh, I love that. That's pure gold. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, write that down. <laughs> it's so true. And like one of the things that um, that I'm working on and some of the relationships with the white folks that I'm closest to in my life is uh, having dialogue around, you know, <laughs> Like my husband saying, like, can you just let me know when I'm saying something that is oppressive or problematic? <laughs> and my response is when it feels safe, you know, because like if we're like in a group, if we're around a bunch of white people might not feel safe, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 
in certain settings and in certain, or even in like certain emotional spaces for, for me, you know? And so I think having those conversations um, are important and coming to some type of like agreement of like, you know, like I need you to know that it is not my job to do this labor for you <laughs> in being, you know, my ally or the accomplice in my life. And it is also loving in our relationship for me to tell you when you've said something that's, you know, problematic yeah. or yeah. Um, behaved in a way that was oppressive, etc. And, you know, like whether it's creating some type of like safe word or, um, yeah. you know, a space that you sit in with this person, um, you know, occasionally or regularly or whatever it is, um, to just kind of, let's, let's unpack that for a little bit. Like, you know, yeah. has yeah. there been anything lately? Like that check-in is so loving, um, and could really, you know, could save a lot of relationships out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If yeah, and like you said, if we have the time, mm -hmm. if we have the energy, if the person is important to us, yep. right? Yep. Um, yeah, because if it's your partner, like, how, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, if it's a colleague for me or someone that continues to just like run the same shit they always run after a while, I'm gonna pull back. Yep. You know, I'm not gonna be able to always provide them with what they fucking need. Yeah. Um, so, and I don't want to, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I grew up in that environment. Like I don't pass, you know, like as white, you know, yep. I'm light, light. I'm really light, but I don't, I don't like pass. And Same. my dad is, is like six foot nine, 300 something pound, like giant, like he's yep. massive fucking white dude. He's hella intimidating. And so I think that's part of my story and my storyline is that I have felt that oppression, even though he and I now have a good relationship, but like as a kid, I wasn't thinking this is colonization. <laughs> you know, I wasn't thinking that, but I definitely felt it. Yeah. You know, I felt bad a lot and I felt like I didn't meet a criteria a lot. And I, I just, I was confused and it, and so part of me stepping into my power and loving and taking care of myself more is allowing myself that opportunity to be like, no, I, I just used to get up. This doesn't feel good right now. Yep. You know, or I don't want to listen to this shit or you're saying some fat ass, phobic Eurocentric cracker ass bullshit. I don't want to hear it. Yep. You know? Like, and then whether I say it out loud or in my head, <laughs> you know, depends on how safe it is or not. You know, that's the reality for me. Or yeah, or saying it in your action. I do, we, I can relate to this so much. <laughs> or in my actions, I'm like, if it's been a long time since I've come to visit you, <laughs> that's right. probably why. Right. You were probably saying some hella problematic shit. And I just, you know, yeah. am limiting your opportunities to cause me harm, you know? So I feel you. <laughs> so real. So real. Hella real. Oh, wow. So much good stuff. This has been amazing. I feel like I could talk to you forever. <laughs> <laughs> likewise, likewise. Uh, if folks at home want to connect with you, Jennifer, like they want to support your work, um, you know, work with you, uh, lift you up, elevate you in every single way. Uh, what are some ways that they can find you, whether that's through social media, a website, 
Um, or if perhaps that they're listening right now and they've really benefited from, you know, the words that you've said and would like to pay you in addition to what you're, you know, going to be paid for being here with me, uh, to pay you for your labor, like you're welcome to share your cash app, your Venmo, like whatever it is, because I'm all about that uh, financial justice for us. Mm -hmm. You share that, you know, ways they can support. Yeah, the first thing I would really love is for everyone to like, take a breath and like take it if you've lasted this long with us <laughs> take a deep breath and give yourself some love like <laughs> yeah. and that we love you and we're sending hella love your way yeah. um and then i want to say like please sign up for like my newsletter like i've i have been pretty shitty at like sending stuff out because i have this like virgoness in my life <laughs> in my brain but um you know if, if instagram goes south then please, um, that way at least you're still connected to me and mm-hmm. I will be putting out newsletters very soon, but please sign up. Um, you can catch that on Instagram or what have you, or go onto my website. A new website is being created for now. I have my old one up still and that's at drjennifermullen.com. Um, Mullen is M-U-L-L-A-N, not E-N. Um, you could also, if you really feel pulled to support and you want to drop some cash on my cash app, you can. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, money sign, Dr. Jenny Jen, J-E-N-N-Y-J-E-N-N. Or you could Venmo me at Jennifer-Mullen or PayPal, JenniferMullen18. Um, feel free. Uh, find me on Instagram at Decolonizing Therapy. Uh, feel free to find me on uh, uh, Facebook, I'm not doing a whole lot on there yet because, again, I'm trying to watch my time and energy. But um, feel free to also email me at Dr. Jennifer, oh, sorry, Dr. Dr. J L M U L L A N at Gmail, or you can just press the email me tab on Instagram. Those are the ways to best catch me. Um, I will be in the LA area probably in like February. Um, I'm going to be sending out a bunch of lists of different things I'll be doing in the fall. If you're interested in having me to come out to your school or your healing center, please feel free to email me, message me. Um, I am going to be doing more moving around the country, around the world in the next year or so. That's amazing. And I know I've asked you this before, but have you given any thought to creating like a Patreon? I, yes. And I need to like get on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. um, I just keep thinking like, how, how does it work? Oh girl. (laughs) I'm like, I could, I could, I'm happy to answer any of your questions about that. Cause I've been telling you for a minute, like I want to support you on Patreon. Like, and I know that, you know, there's thousands of folks that would also do the same. I'm like, let us lift you up and elevate. you. (laughs) Yeah. I think that that might not be, that might be my next project, um, is to have a Patreon. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I am going to do that. It's just, you know, when you have a list of things that you yes. <laughs> I do know yeah. that never ending yeah. list. Yes. My Capricorn moon friend. <laughs> yes. It's the cross one thing off and then add three more. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. It's awesome. real. Well, I hope everybody, you know, jumps on Instagram, follows you, supports you in every way possible because you're amazing. Thank you so Thank much you. for being here with me, Jennifer. This has been just magical and awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And to everybody listening at home, thank you so much for listening. Uh, please don't forget to give us a good podcast review on iTunes and Google Play and all of the many other, other platforms you are listening to us on. Uh, if they do have a review section, please do or comment, etc. And of course, share with your friends. And until next time, I send you so much love and power in revolution and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye everybody. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the revolutionary mystic podcast. If you enjoyed this show, please consider supporting it on Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash revolutionarymystic. All of our guests are paid as part of a movement to hashtag actually support witches of color by creating financial equity. You can also check out the online Hoodoo Botanica, book psychic readings, take online classes, apply for the scholarship program for witches of color, join the free Facebook group, and watch witch tips on my YouTube channel by visiting revolutionarymystic.com.